Welcome to episode 51. I am your host, Gail M. Davis, and this is Design Perspectives. Welcome to the Design Perspectives podcast. I am your host, Gail Davis. I will talk all things design from expectation to reality, from what to expect when working with designers as well as the trades. And from time to time, current events will seep their way into the conversation. In the meantime, sit back, relax, and listen. Today's fabulous guest is Monique Valeris. She is the senior home editor for Good Housekeeping. She is a mom to two, a mom of two, and an all-around stellar person. I can't wait for you to find out more about her. Welcome, Monique. Here we go. Hey, Monique, thank you so much for joining today. I am super excited to chat with you. (laughs) I'm so thrilled to be chatting with you too, Gail. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Okay, so let me start at the beginning. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people know about you. I know a little bit. How did you get started? Did you, is this your first, second career? Did you go to school for this? PR editor, let's talk. Of course. Well, Gail, it has been a long, long road. I went to Syracuse University and there I studied magazine journalism. Even as a kid, I've just always been obsessed with magazines. So it was only natural that that would end up being my major. Mm -hmm. Um, Funny enough, when I first uh, started Um, school at Syracuse. I was on the pre-med track and quickly changed my mind because I hated biology. (laughs) Um, But thankfully, a great guidance counselor um, recommended journalism. Like I had mentioned to her that I loved magazines. And from there, that just really sparked my interest. And then I went to grad school at NYU to study publishing. Um, But funny enough, it was so hard to break into the editorial field at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I started out in corporate communications. And I think that really set the foundation for my career. I was doing everything from prepping editors for TV segments on the Today Show. I was writing executive bios, writing press releases. It really just helped me to understand like what made for a great story and even now when I get pitches from publicists like Mm -hmm. red flags go up all the time because I just know what it takes to pitch an editor and you know what a strong editorial concept looks like and Mm -hmm. so I'm just very grateful um for that training so and then mm -hmm. no go ahead go ahead I'm listening Yeah, and then from there, um, so I worked in corporate communications for several years. But, you know, as I said, like, I really knew that I wanted to be an editorial. So I switched completely. I chose to move on from my role at Hearst. I started out at Hearst in corporate communications. Mm -hmm. And I started freelancing for several years. I was a lifestyle freelancer. I was writing about interior design and career advancement for sites like Vogue.com, 
Um, nice. I've written for Dwell, um, did beauty stories for Pop Sugar. I just really wanted to get my name out there as a freelancer. And finally, an awesome opportunity opened up at eldecor.com mm-hmm. and as the digital editor. And I worked there for about two years. Nice. And after that, I moved over to Good Housekeeping, which is also another Hearst brand. And here I oversee the home decor content for both print and digital as a senior home editor. And it's so fun. I love this job so much. Oh my gosh. Well, you can tell. And by the way, your writing is superfluous. I love what you do. Oh, thank you. So let's go back for a second to great stories and people pitching you. Have you ever had to just share with the person why it wasn't a good pitch or did you like educate them or do you just say no, thank you and keep it moving? Yeah, I think one of my biggest pet peeves is people who actually do not pick up the magazine. I mean, as a publicist, it blows my mind that people just don't understand our audience. They don't understand that, you know, certain products are aren't priced properly for our audience. I mean, you really need to have a good sense of what we cover and what we don't cover. And it's so easy to just grab the magazine from a newsstand, get a subscription, um, read our website. Like, you know, our editors, including myself, are posting pretty much daily. Mm -hmm. And so the information is out there for publicists to access. So there really is no excuse in my in my opinion. No, you're you're absolutely right. Have you ever had a designer try to pitch you without a publicist or do or do you just deal with publicists? Oh, yeah. Um, I get pitches from both interior designers and publicists that I've formed relationships with over the years. And I'm open to either avenue. I mean, as long as it's a great story, um, design is a very visual business. So obviously I'm looking for perfect, inspiring photos to Mm -hmm. feature both in book and online. So yeah, I don't discriminate. It's just (laughs) wherever I find that great imagery. Oh my God, everyone's going to slide into your DMs now. (laughs) (laughs) I welcome it. Make my job easier. I do not mind at all. So question, how hard is it to find people? Like, are you sleuthing all the time trying to find designers and stories and, or is it just like, I mean, I'm not going to throw anybody else under the bus. I just feel like before Black became the new Black, the editors kept going to like the same five designers um, instead of a broad stroke. How do you find your people? Yeah, and that I have to say as a Black editor, as one of the few Black design editors, that really bothers me. I think right now, um, you know, it's really been a personal passion of mine to make sure that we elevate Um, Black designers, Black creatives in our magazines and on our digital platforms. Mm -hmm. We exist, you know, they've been here for so long and we're not a trend. And so I just want to make sure that we are making room um, for great talent, whether they're Black or not, um, you know, in our brands and all platforms. Um, But you were saying, where do I find great stories? Yeah, like how do you come about it? Or do you, is there something you like, I want to... I want to look dig deeper. Something you think about. I want to dig deeper. Or do you, is how do you find them? Or Instagram? Well, we used to go out and network. <laughs> it's yeah, not much of, of that course. anymore. <laughs> I think it's really just keeping in touch with my network. I'm just constantly chatting with people. I'm 
you know, staying abreast of the design trends, just really understanding what our audience is looking for. And then, of course, the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic, just thinking about how that has shifted um, the way that people view home. What are they doing at home right now? Um, you know, renovations probably aren't happening at this time, but people are looking to carve out like home office spaces. They right. want to figure out how to make their living rooms work for their own Zoom calls, how to make it work for their kids' remote learning situations. So just kind of really understanding um, how trends and even what's happening in our world can really inform people's spaces is really how I move about um you know, coming up with content for both the magazine and our website. Okay. No, that's cool. That's, well, now that everybody's working from home, I feel like it's a lot easier. And I also feel like you have a captive audience for everything. Um, so it should be a lot easier. Anyway, sorry, I'm off in my head. So yeah. which, which do you like better? Did you like being a beauty editor or do you love the, I'm pretty sure you love home. <laughs> Yeah, well, when I was writing about beauty for Pop Sugar at the time, mm -hmm. I was also writing about interior design. Okay. I do love both, but I think I'm more drawn to the design world. Um, I just think it's such a great way to express yourself, very much like fashion. You know, just looking at color schemes and great patterns, um, how just seeing how rooms are arranged and what designers can come up with is just really inspiring for me. So I'm really drawn to the design business. Okay. No, that's good. I mean, I feel like if you're doing this, you got to be in love with it somehow. And I'm pretty sure you get a lot of amazing ideas. What is the, the best part? of your your career for you yeah i mean there's so many amazing aspects of my job i think the fact that it's so well-rounded one day i can be trying to track down a house tour to feature in an upcoming issue and the next i could be shooting a video for our youtube channel or thinking of a concept, um, you know, to launch on our website. So I think, you know, I have a hand in pretty much every platform. And I think as an editor right now, you really do have to be nimble. You have to be flexible, willing to change. Like our jobs move so quickly and you really just have to be up for anything and just really being creative, staying on top of trends. I think it just requires so much of you mm -hmm. as an editor. And, you know, I've always been ambitious and driven. And so, you know, this job is just very much in line with my personality and how I like to work and the fact that I get to write about a topic that I just love personally is really a dream come true. <laughs> the word trends just makes me shiver. <laughs> okay. I know it's so hard, but I don't know, as a home editor, it's just something, it's something that we always think about. I think this year has been hard for design trends right. because I think people are scaling back and they're being more thoughtful about their purchases mm -hmm. um, as they should. So it's an interesting time for the design space. Oh, it, it absolutely is. When um, the pandemic first started, all my friends were like, oh my God, this is so horrible. And I was like, nope, nope. I think this is going to be something great for us. And they're like, why? Yeah, home is having a moment right yes. now. I'm all for it. And it's funny because I started my role at Good Housekeeping 
at the beginning of the pandemic in March, during the middle of March, just as we all began working from home. And so, you know, I just think my role has, it's just really important. It's just funny that the timing um, was very much in line with the start of the pandemic, but I'm happy to be here. No, I'm pretty sure they're happy to have you. I am just happy to read what you do and just find out more about you. But yeah, the whole working from home and with designers, I like I said, I, I thought it would be a blessing and it is, especially for people who have open concept houses. And now they're realizing mm -hmm. the open concept is great on like weekends mm -hmm. and evenings. But when you have to carve out space and especially if you have children in the home and you have pets and it's open concept and you can't really find a corner um, to do your work, it's a little bit tough. I laugh because a lot of my neighbors, well, they don't have open concept, but they have a bunch of kids. And so one of my girlfriends actually sits in her car and uses oh, yeah. use that as her office. You have to do whatever you have to do. I'm also a mom of two and I've definitely taken calls in my car before, <laughs> um, but I'm lucky enough to have an office where I can actually shut the door and leave the kids with grandma or another family member. And so, you know, you really just have to figure out how you have to get your work done. But I, I really feel for moms right now. Working moms are, are amazing. Well, yeah, let's let's talk about that a little. So now that you're working from home, like when you didn't have to work from home, you would go out, you do your day, you come back and then you could put on your mom hat. Do you feel like you get a chance to take the mom hat off or do you feel like you you're able to separate the two? Because yes, you can close the door, but let's be honest, how many times are they at that door? trying to get your attention. <laughs> oh yeah, my coworkers can tell you, uh, they've heard my kids banging on the door uncontrollably. So yeah, I mean, I think the good thing is that everybody's in the same boat, at least a like good housekeeping, you know, many of the editors are parents. And mm -hmm. so we understand each other. We know how hard it is, especially for kids are very, very young. It's yeah. just impossible for them to get through an eight hour day without meeting you. Um, as a mom, though, I would just encourage other moms to take time for yourself. Um, you know, there have been several weeks where I've just felt so burnt out. And if I'm not my best self for my kids, what good is it? Like, I really do try to take that personal time. I've even spent a night at a hotel once just for a night, just to get away and kind of reset and recharge. And funny enough, I mean, it really did make a difference. I just felt like a new person the next day. And I was, you know, more focused at work and really able to be there for my kids. But thankfully, you know, my husband and my family members um, are very supportive. I think just having that support system and knowing when to ask for help um, is definitely key. And I know sometimes moms have a problem doing that, but I really would encourage mothers to working moms to really take all the help you need right now. Yeah, I I am not a mom, but I completely 100% understand what you say. And it's super meaningful. I think mm -hmm. as women, we are just such givers and we're yep. always making sure everybody else is set. And somehow we, you know, become this martyr and we're like, no, it's okay. It's okay. And it's not. Um, as a little girl, I'll, and I'll tell this story all the time, whenever my mom needed time, I'll never forget. There were several times 
I would go to her and be like, mommy. She's like, it's mommy time. And she just <laughs> taught me like, that's her time. Go away. Like, yeah. you know, she needed, and I didn't understand. I was like, okay, it's mommy time. Let me get out of here. But as a, a grown woman, I can completely understand because you need to decompress. You, you just need to be alone and you need to be you and, and just hear your own voice because your voice is for everybody else. You know, especially it's so true. It's so true. And even just the pandemic alone, just watching the news and reading all Ugh. these news stories day after day, it just takes a toll on you mentally. Yes, it does. And so you just be surprised, like even trying a digital detox for a few days. I have a friend who recently just decided that she wasn't going to be on Instagram for a week. And she said it really made a difference in her life. So just finding those small moments to um, really spend time with yourself and recharge can really um, make a difference, I think. Oh, 100%. I will, um, there's this place, Greenwood Gardens, and I live in New Jersey, and it's in Short Hills, <laughs> and I have a membership. And yes, I have a beautiful yard. It's going to make its way really be beautiful one day. Um, <laughs> but I go to the gardens and I just hang out, whether it's a Saturday or Sunday, I give myself like an hour or two. I just sit on the bench. I'm, you know, looking at the pretty landscaping. I'll watch the geese or something. And then I get back in my car and then, you know, I come home or I, you know, I, I but I need that for me. And especially now, by the time this airs, the election will be done. And hopefully we all know who should be in office. But anyway. Oh, we, we know. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Yeah. We know. Fingers crossed. Oh my God. I was the right person makes it into White House. Yes. And I'm just like, okay. And and on that note, can we just talk about Stacey Abrams for a second? That is like yeah. black girl magic personified. Go I know. I'm just so <laughs> excited. I'm so excited. I think everybody's been so frustrated with our political system yes. and I mean, it's unbelievable right now. So I'm just really hoping that the next four years, especially this coming year, um, we really see a major shift for many of us. I think especially Black people, we've yes. been let down way too many times yes. and it's time for change. Yes. And that's the other thing. Um, two things. One, we have to not wait and then just vote for the head, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have to vote locally, and that's the body. Now we're scrambling to fix the head, but the body is the body's messed up because the head would not have been there, right? Yeah, yeah. So we have to be mindful about that. So when the local time starts, people will hear me, and I will be very vocal, especially in my town. But the other thing is that 55% of white women voted for him. I am, mm -hmm. I'm not shocked, but I'm disappointed because my feeling is, would you want your daughter to come daughter to come home and say she's dating a man that has all these issues? You would be like, no, sweetie, he's not for you. But because you're so used to holding up the patriarch and the supremacy, you just you you voted. And now here that you know if you're on Instagram, you see they're applauding black women for saving the day, coming in, pushing through. And I was like, this, we should all be working together. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I'm so sad to see that <sighs> everyone else, a lot of, a lot of people don't see what I see, but 
having someone in office who just has no regard for people of color, who doesn't appreciate the contributions that immigrants have made to this country, who separates children from yes. their parents. I mean, the list goes on and on. Like, what else do we need to know that, you know, it's time for a change. It's well, time for a change. Even after the situation with him catching COVID and then to go to the White House and take off the mask, there's nothing to be afraid of. You can survive it. And I was like, dude, you do realize we have close to 300,000 people dead from this. What a slap in the face to a lot of families who have yes. lost loved ones. Yes. I mean, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, so I'm. you're just a heartless person if you voted for him. And thank you. I see you. And I move on. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Completely agree. I was like, there's yeah. no conversation. I don't want to hear what, you know. When they're like, oh, well, I'm I'm pro-life. I was like, oh, sweetie, I'm sure you've you've had your fair share of abortions. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just... And there are just basic things that we expect a president to do. I yes. mean, even just watching some of the some of the debate, just like be presidential. Like that's yeah. the bare minimum. Yeah. And not act like a five year old. No, and just recently him talking about integrity and I just spit out my drink. I was like, did he just say integrity? I was like, wow. <laughs> like all right, what am I missing here? It's, it's, it's just, Gail. it really is. It really is. And you have to laugh, otherwise you'll cry. And I think, I think people of color are just cried out because this is how we've been living. If you go back to that Saturday, Saturday night live skit when he won mm -hmm. the first time and they showed you like all the white, white women were like, oh my God, I can't believe this. What's going to happen? The world will never be the same. And black folks were shrugging their shoulders like, welcome to our world. We've been living like this. It's true. I think even as a black editor, like sometimes I think mm. people don't understand that the fact that you just have to show up to work and act like everything's okay and everything's normal when your people are being murdered and yeah. discriminated against. I mean, yeah. it really does take a toll on you. And, you know, especially because I'm a mom now as well, it's just a lot to be able to deliver at work, at home, see what's happening in the world as and a show black up. woman. Yeah. It's, it's a trying time for us right now. Yeah. You have to show up. And I don't think, I think white people understand that now that we could have death in our family, you know, so much going on. And then we'll, we still have to show up, smile, be professional, get to work where we're not allowed to have the meltdowns or I need a couple of days off or anything like that. Like you, you, it's just performing all the time. But anyway, it's true. It's yeah. true. I mean, I have to say that Hearst has been very respectful and, you know, Yay. they put a lot of policies in place to really support um, black employees and, you know, those who feel that they've been affected by everything that's happening. And, you know, there's been a lot of training about, you know, biases and racial discrimination. I appreciate so I'm that. just proud to be a part of this company because they do value us. That's awesome. And that's what I love to hear. And I'm pretty sure other people of color. Well, I want to thank you for all the amazing work that you do. And I am super appreciative of you being the fabulous editor that you are. So thank you. <laughs> Oh, I appreciate it. It's so nice chatting with you, Gail. I appreciate it. Same here. Now, before you go, where can the lovely sure. people find you? 
Sure. So I'm just Monique Valeris on Instagram, and you can find my work on the website and in the magazine every month. I For the magazine, I do everything from house tours to stories that offer practical decorating tips. So stay tuned. There's lots to come in 2021 as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you, Gail. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Design Perspectives podcast. As always, I'm your host, Gail M. Davis. I really appreciate you listening. Please don't forget to rate me on iTunes. It is super important and will help people to find where we are located. And the Design Perspectives podcast is also available on Design Network Platform. Thank you so much. Enjoy your day.